0: This week's podcast, we're going to be talking about some stress busters for a lot of you high achievers out there. Most people that are listing are in the investor database here. Make multiple six figures and really grind on both ends in terms of making a lot of money and saving it, being good stewards of money and wealth. A lot of people here are bare minimum saving $30,000 to $50,000, some able to save multiple six figures after all their personal expenses. And we still do the on free onboarding calls for a lot of you guys. And trust me, nothing really surprised me anymore. I've talked to people who make $500,000 and spend three, $400,000 every year. A lot of it usually has to do with private school or those types of expenses, but I'm not huge on the saving your way to financial well-being, although that is a part of it in the beginning. If you can be a good investor and then get yourself into the right deals, get yourself into the passive investing world so you can use the passive losses to lower your passive income, that's the way you're really gonna make movements especially as a credit investor and getting your net worth beyond the million dollars. So before we get to that podcast, I just wanted to talk about a couple of things that an investor emailed me the other day, and I thought it pertained to a lot of what you guys were questions we've had lately that have come up. The question was, what do you think about the inflation obviously is pushing prices up? And then the result of that is interest rates also going up. And my response to that is I try and keep things very simple. As investors, we are making money off the Delta between the cap rates and the interest rates and cap rates typically trade up and they go down at the same. They're correlated with each other. And there's always a consistent Delta between. Now, sometimes the Delta squeezes and that's not good for us, but typically it returns back to that healthy Delta where we apply good leverage. We're hitting good debt service coverage ratios, pay with the debt, but that is how we're making money with that delta. And we leverage that, of course. The, The things that impact the interest rates at the end of the day is loan proceeds. And this is how much money the banks ultimately give us at the end of the day. Two things that move and impacts loan proceeds. Number one, interest changes, which is a little bit lower impact. And that was the primary concern of this investor. The second is the improving net operating income, which is higher impact. Or in other words, if you're going through and you're rehabbing the property six months to a year, you're improving that net operating income either by increasing the rents, which is improving the income or decreasing expenses, which is typically rare, right? Normally we're trying to make it a better product for customers. Therefore the income goes up and the expenses stay the same or gradually increase too. But those are the two things that really move the needle, and I'm downplaying the whole interest rate things because when you're doing value add, you're increasing in net operating income and that drastically inc- improves your loan proceeds. How much money you're able to create and thus take out of the loan, even in an environment where interest rates are going up and up. I don't anticipate interest rates going up more than half a percent, full percent in the next year or two. I've just seen it happen so many times where you know, the Fed says they're going to raise interest rates and it's like, all right, six months went by and nothing happened. And then it finally gets going and it just goes at a turtle's pace. Let's think what happens. When the interest rates go up, the reason why the Fed moves to bump up the rates is because the economy is doing well. As investors, you're literally leveraged four to one, but I would argue you're leverage even more that if when the economy goes up, the rents are gonna go up much, much higher than what the interest rates are in relation and what the economy is doing. That makes sense. For those of you don't know, or basically what it means is you have an apartment that rents for seven hundred bucks. And if you can bump that thing up two hundred bucks, the interest rates, the the economy is ticking along, right? And That is huge value. If I just do the net operating income increase on that $200 bump in rents times 12, that's an increase of $2,400 a year. And at a five cap, that's almost 50 grand right there just for that one unit, just for be having that one property, one unit in the complex. Imagine if you do this for multiple units and multiple months in a row, right? You're talking about millions of dollars of value-add creation. Really doesn't matter what the interest rate change was. It, it's very, fairly moves. And I understand what people are thinking, interest are going to go up, but the larger impact, again, is net operating income getting more solidified. Even if the rates go up half a percent, which isn't going to happen for a very long time, in the second example here. If net operating income improves $500 a month or $6,000 a year, this is just, again, the same calculation I did. At a five cap, which you divided by 0.05 is the math. You've created $120,000 of value every single month. That 120 grand pays for a lot of interest rate bumps. Uh, We are getting greedy in a way. It's why don't you take it? It's the sure thing. If you delay doing a refinance, but if you're increasing the value of the building, in that case, $120,000, you can see why it is a cavalier way of doing things from one point of view, but it's the smart business way to be doing things. Because something were to happen in the economy, you could be able to refinance pretty quickly and get out. But if you're making $120,000 every year just by simply rehabbing a, a unit or two, then it just makes sense to stay in the game while the game is hot. And I don't want to equate this to a craps table in Las Vegas because that's not how it works. It's like a craps table where you can't lose the money that you already made in a way because uh, you've created that value and you can get out before that seven comes out. So again, every month that goes by, you're continuing to upgrade units and this is how you're making money in this business. Another analogy that I've used is, if you guys like that high seas crab fishing, Alaskan fishermen, it's like you're raking in the big catches, right? Storms coming in. At some point, yeah, you got to seek refuge before that hurricane gets too rough. When that point is, you should have a captain that kind of knows when it is to pull anchor and let's back into base. But until then, if you're breaking in the big catches, you keep going. And part of this mindset is interest rates are not really a concern to us because most people have this false sense of intimate doom that interest rates are going to increase. Now, again, like I said earlier, it probably will increase, but slower. And impact isn't much it, when you compare it to the unbound, we push the value of the property. This, maybe we bumped it a million, two million dollars in that time the issue with longer term agency debts is even though a lot of people like them and they seem conservative is that they come with these big prepayment penalties which is the dark side of those long-term agency loans and i personally would rather not get into it until i absolutely have to or forced to get into or before the storm comes in a way and i'd like to get my capital back out and that's the idea get my capital back off the table so Say we, things do bad happen at that point, I've taken my original capital. i have playing with house money at that point. But if you guys have any questions on that, we'll be doing a section on this, another Saturday cram school. Just come to simplepassatcasual.com slash syndication, read the free syndication guide there and join the database at simplepassatcasual.com slash club. We'll be doing more educational events uh, throughout the year. And when we talk about these types of things, I think once you start to understand the numbers, you start to realize how really robust this type of investing is, especially when you're going after cash flow first, whether you're buying a single family home turnkey, what's the worst that can happen, right? Like the economy goes the other way. You lose money in that turnkey rental, but at least your cash flow and your debt service coverage ratios are strong. You continue to cash flow and you still make money. You're still paying down your equity You just have to wait for the market to come back. Different story with value add real estate, right? In value add real estate, it's the best of both worlds where you can make money in a bad economy, but also power yourself through a bad economy uh, with the value add, as we said earlier. But anyway, here's a podcast, Stress Feed Busters for High Achievers. Last thing I want to just mention is that time of the year so right now, in Seattle, when it was dark all the time, sometimes it got to me. So make, check on your compadres out there. See if everybody's good. You never know people are dealing on out there and we'll see you guys out there this is a story about a dude named lane he moved to the mainland and bought one place to stay and then one day he went try to rent them out and then he became one real investor man hey simple passive cash flow listeners today we are going to be talking to trish agel roberts from mindblowinghappiness.com now, we're not going to be talking about too much taxes or investing concepts today. Today, we're taking a little bit of a break from the hard topics that we normally talk about on the podcast and talk a little bit about being a little bit more happier, a little less some stress busters for executives here. But if you guys haven't, please join our private club at simpleplasticcashflow.com slash club. You get all the goodies there. In addition, you get the intro Huey e-course for free there. But uh, welcome, Trish. Maybe let's uh, talk about a little bit your background, how you came to uh, creating mindblowinghappiness.com.
1: Yes. Thanks for having me, Lane. Uh, it's a pleasure to be here. And so I started my business about a year and a half ago. I had worked as a financial advisor for about 12 years out here in Atlanta. So it's always funny when I tell people that I'm a self-actualization coach with a background in corporate sales, finance, Buddhism, and yoga. It's a little bit of a mix.
0: Here at simplepassivecashflow.com, we work with hardworking professionals looking to opt out of investments for the clueless. I mean, mainstream investing. With so many randos out there, hollow endorsements on crowdfunding websites that just act as broker-dealers taking commission to list syndications on their website, and institutional Wall Street companies out there, who do you trust? We follow a simple formula of working with people we have a direct relationship with while enjoying higher returns and a quicker path to financial freedom. The trifecta is simple. First, syndication deals to get two passive losses to unlock other tax best practices, and thirdly, infinite banking. The problem that many astute Simple Passive Cashflow Club members find is that syndications typically have a minimum of $50,000 to invest and frequency of deals is sporadic. Check out my article at simplepassivecashflow.com OFUND to learn how I always have cash on hand using the American Homeowner Preservation Fund as part of this one-two punch to be ready for a great deal while still making an attractive return. I've been investing in AHP since 2016. AHP is a crowdfunding solution to the mortgage crisis in America, where the fund takes care of operational headaches for you and pulls money together to get bulk discounts on distressed mortgages. It's a business model that I think gets stronger should a slowdown in the economy come because there will be even more distressed inventory for AHP to purchase. AHP's latest fund aims to keep people in their homes by investing in notes so you can make a 7% return and feel good about making a positive social impact. Invest as little as $100 by going to ahptitle.com. If you want the free Burn Zone book, please claim it at simpleplasticcashful.com AHP. And oh, don't forget to join our private investor club Join us at simplepassacashual.com club. When you mentioned you worked as a financial advisor for quite some time, why'd you get out of that line of work?
1: It was interesting because I worked with a lot of high net worth clients and it was surprising to me that I found many times they were very stressed and very unhappy to be quite honest. So as I was studying Buddhism and yoga in the background, I decided to go ahead and take that to the forefront. So now I teach executives as well as all kinds of people how to live a happier, more joyful and more fulfilled life. So I know today we were gonna talk about some stress busters for executives. Because whether you're executive or entrepreneur, you're under so much pressure, especially coming out of this pandemic. So not just to generate revenue for your business, but also to balance family life with business and be there for your employees and for your investors. It's just a lot of pressure coming from all different sides. We have
0: a a list of six here that we were going to talk through. What's the first stress buster for busy professionals?
1: Yeah, So the first one is really tapping into some of your hobbies. A lot of times we may have hobbies that we like or hobbies that we used to like. It's always great to think back to your childhood because sometimes you can find some nice little nuggets there that maybe you haven't thought about for a while. And most things, because we've all been trapped indoors for a while are available online. So I know there is, for me, I like to write. There's some writing classes that you can access online. There's a group, Century Arts that I like out of Canada that does adult writing classes. There are poetry, open mic nights that you can find. Sometimes I go on to meetup.com or Eventbrite. So there's some neat things that you can find that you normally wouldn't think of. Even uh, virtual painting. Tap into some of your hobbies and maybe something that's a little bit less traditional to find a, a nice way to relieve stress.
0: Yeah, I think people always have their primary thing for me. It's at my computer going through deals or creating stuff. But they say you're always trying to find some kind of hobby that's totally different. Maybe it's not definitely not productive, but maybe playing pool or pottery or something like that, whatever that is for you.
1: And not strategic, because when I was in corporate, I played a lot of golf. I was never good at it, but I played it because it was a thing to do to make those business connections. But doing something that's not strategic just completely for enjoyment is a great way to relieve stress.
0: And what what do you do when you have a client that's like, Trish, I don't know, like I've tried it all. Nothing really gets me going like, Am I just something wrong with me or what are some tips there?
1: One of the most powerful tools that I use with clients and also in my workshops, it sounds really corny, but it's journaling because a lot of times we don't ask ourselves the powerful questions that we need to ask to know what we really want. So if I have a client who really says, I don't like anything, I only like to work. I know that when you were like five, you didn't only like to work. There had to be other things that you liked. So going through some sort of powerful questions to take you back to a place where you can remember what brought you joy is a good technique. I do have a book that I like besides my own books that I could mention to your clients. There is a book called Live and Wonder by Eric Saperston, which has excellent journaling prompts for that type of thing.
0: All right. What's next on the list here?
1: So next on the list is exercise. And everybody knows that we need exercise just to maintain our physical bodies and feel healthy. But during the pandemic, a lot of us got really sedentary and started wondering why, you know, why we can't sleep or why we don't feel good. So companies like Peloton have made a ton of money and been hugely successful offering virtual options for people at home, but there are lots of other options for virtual exercise. So some of the ones that I like, of course is Orange Theory, which is one of my favorites. They offer at-home fitness as well, but there are also lots of local mom and pop businesses who could use our support as well, but who also offer very specified yoga, So you can have virtual private yoga sessions where you actually say exactly what you're working with as far as your stress levels, or if there's any limitations on your body and you can set up a one-on-one session that's convenient for you. And I recommend that if you go to a yoga studio, that you really want a studio that knows how to teach not just traditional yoga postures, but also breathing exercises, which we call pranayama. And meditation, guided meditation. I would also encourage your listeners to ask for yin, Y-I-N, or restorative yoga, because those are all really excellent to help reduce stress. Because stress is the biggest contributor to disease. And uh, when you are really focused, like your listeners are, then you don't have time to be sick. You've got things to do. So
0: yeah, another thing there that I, I tried with in the, in the throes of the pandemic, was like somebody said oh try meditation and i've tried it a gazillion times so i gave it another go, but this time i found out there's these ad hoc zoom meditation like rooms where people will join up just random people will join at different slots of the day if you just google like zoom meditation or virtual meditation there's these groups that will meet up mm. and sometimes there's discussion and it's a little weird but i don't know might be your thing that's the whole thing here is try different things see what works for you
1: Yeah. And meditation is actually an interesting one because anything else is a whole spectrum and there's all different styles. Some I think are fabulous. Some are not my favorite. So usually the ones that I recommend are going to be more guided because sometimes you can go on a meditation and you're just listening to silence for 10 minutes. And if you're like me, I'm thinking about like my grocery list and my laundry list. So you want something more specific. If you go on, I can give you a few, but if you go on my website, mindblowinghappiness.com under resources, it will lead you to some of my guided meditations. But I also like kadampa.org which is a Buddhist organization. I also Chopra, Deepak Chopra has some wonderful offerings as well. So there's a lot of tools available for good guided meditations.
0: Yeah, we need tools. Because if not, I'll just make myself crazy and talk to myself when I meditate.
1: Um, Everybody does the same thing, though. It's not only you. Yeah,
0: I'm I'm just not like a hipster who has no job that it can just hear his mind like that. (laughs)
1: takes practice. That's the thing. The first time anybody tries it, our minds are very busy. I I like to think of it as like a, a dog with a frisbee. If you've ever had a dog, you throw the frisbee, the dog will chase it. You throw it again, they'll chase it. And our mind is like that. So whether it's on the web, you click a button, it takes you someplace else. You start reading something else. Your phone rings. You look at that. Something beeps like we're constantly going from thing to thing. So being able to slow that down, it takes practice. It, yeah, it doesn't I, happen the first time.
0: I've used one of those like headbands that kind of like monitors like the waves of your brain and tells you how many times a monkey comes in your your brain. I never liked that thing. It took forever to calibrate it. I wasn't a big fan.
1: I have never heard of that. Yeah. It sounds pretty high tech.
0: Yeah, it's, I, th- I had to forget what it's called, but it's maybe like Zune or Loom or something like that. But it goes over your head, costs a couple hundred bucks. I thought it mm. was working. And then I got this thing that like straps on my lobe of my ear, that I thought it was a little bit less invasive. That wasn't, that well, was that you didn't have to really calibrate. And that was the annoying thing about the other one, but, but yeah, what's, so what's after meditation, what's the next go-to?
1: So that was exercise and we wandered into meditation, but the next one is doing charitable work. And again, I would preface all of these by saying, if it's not bringing you joy, don't do it. Cause it won't relieve stress. So if it's sitting on the board of a charity and that's going to be more stressful, then that's not the option for you. But if you want to relieve stress doing something that you enjoy, helping others naturally produces serotonin in our bodies. I had been doing virtual online tutoring for adults who are learning to read. So again, you can reach out to a local charity that you are really interested in and find out what virtual options they have. They pretty much are all accustomed at this point to providing virtual volunteering options. And it's just a great way to make yourself feel good if you have the time and if you don't let that one stress you out.
0: Yeah, I can go, go two ways on this. I talked to a lot of people in our group and quite frankly, for them to go build a house with Habitat for Humanity, despite how you know great that is it's a waste of their their talents. It's not their highest and best use. We have a lot of like very highly capable and highly connected people in our group. On the other end, right? Like maybe better to, to build a house, get some exercise than, and, and to get out of your normal thing, your high leverage kind of position. You can look at it both ways, right? You can do a charity exercise that is very different than what you're normally doing, or you can leverage your skills and talents in like a rotary, for example.
1: Yeah, Um, I think in this example, though, if you're looking to reduce stress, I really want you to give yourself a break from being a high achiever all the time. So sometimes it could mean just delivering groceries or we were talking more about virtual ones like the online tutoring, but whatever it is, it could be very simple human human to human connection and not necessarily always using those higher level strategic skills that we're accustomed to.
0: Yeah, I'll be honest. And maybe people think I'm a jerk for this, but I don't volunteer at Habitat for Humanity or the food bank. I, I don't think that's a good use of my time for as much time I have on earth. Personally, I get off on helping people with these initial strategy calls that if you guys haven't booked yours i'd like to get to know you a bit better and I, and I enjoy it i really get off on it like how we can like how i can in 15 minutes really move people's mentality or just hey here's where we're going to tower and take money out of the 401k slowly so we don't have to pay too much taxes or here's why mm-hmm. you know high net worth folks aren't doing this strategy and doing this instead i found my resonance frequency and the resonance frequency is what i call like your sonic carrot toothbrush vibrating at that perfect frequency mm-hmm. where it's high speed, low drag. I think that's, I think you got to figure out what that thing is, what you're put on this earth to do, what nobody can do quite like you, or maybe you're not that great at it. Maybe what you do a little bit better than the average, right? If not, I don't know, just, just keep putting out ideas.
1: I don't think you're a jerk, first of all. So I don't like Habitat for Humanity either or necessarily food banks. So I think whatever, whatever it is should be something that you enjoy. And the example that you gave where you enjoy doing those consultations, it's still perfect, Lane, it's still perfect. It's like when I do like my 30 minute coaching consults, it's kind of the same thing because I don't charge for them. But in that period of time, you can offer something that you are uniquely qualified to offer. So. Yeah,
0: when my, my, my mom and my wife were teachers and one thing that menial tasks they made us do was cut the damn paper towels in half to make it stretch further. Oh, and that nothing upsets me more than just doing that, you know, activity. Like I get more stressed doing something like that. I get antsy. So, so oh, I always, I re- yeah, I always refuse. I'm not going to help out with school stuff, but yeah, maybe that's different. why having a kid, I need to learn a lesson. I need to change some diapers and come <laughs> and, and get used to it. But what's, ne- what's the next, what's the next stress buster we got?
1: So the next stress buster is getting connected with affinity groups, which is basically just like-minded individuals. So it could be based on whether you're a mom or dad, or whether you're a student, it could be your ethnic background, it could be a women's group or men's group, LGBT, BTQ, whatever you identify with. So it's just a great way to get away from maybe being in a larger group where maybe you're not as connected as easily with everybody involved and finding a little safe space. So it could be mom's night out, virtual or in person or girls night out or whatever it is, but just a way to kick back with people who you identify with.
0: And that's, if I were to break that down, it's You've got some kind of rapport, similarity to kind of make things um, go. But then is another, is it just as much, you don't know these people. If it doesn't work out, it doesn't matter. You've got that freedom to.
1: That too. To and act. then there's also business organizations, of course. There's a National Association of Female e- Executives or National Black MBA Association, or some of them are organized by professional groups. Like out here in Atlanta, I, I belong to a, like a professional club called The Gathering Spot. So they have a lot of different groups within that group. So yeah, whether it's a separate kind of group or one that's a subset of a larger organization, even the corporations that people already work for, if they're not entrepreneurs, have those kind of affinity groups as well. And they may call them different things. They don't always call them affinity, but you know them when you see them because they're the groups where you look for people who you feel like you connect with.
0: Yeah. So, so I, you guys have mentioned some of you guys are in like Tesla clubs. It's Good just totally, you guys all own Tesla. Other than you have nothing else to in common, but just another reason to have a putluck. Yeah. And then some, a lot of guys and gals will go into the moms, or new mommies or new daddies yeah. groups. And then I think a lot of people, a lot of our you know people in our group are are guys. So a lot of the guys will be like the baseball coaches for the kids. And I think the feedback that I hear is you you meet people. Yeah. You got to be there anyway for your kid, but like you get to meet people and it's totally non judgmental. It's just like totally like what they do from you in their day-to-day professional life is so different. And you don't talk about that stuff.
1: It just allows you to feel a little bit more understood before you even open your mouth. So that alone is a little bit of a, a stress reducer. And the fact of the matter is we all need to be connected. One of the difficulties in this quarantine life that we've all been living is that people have been feeling isolated and it's caused uh, really a mental health crisis in this country. So getting connected is always important.
0: Yeah, I think for a lot of folks in our group and myself included, what we do is very high stress and it's hard for us to even explain what the heck we do. It's nice to leave that behind from time to time and have to explain it doesn't matter right it doesn't matter at the end of the day or, or to take a break from it
1: yeah and then the flip side of that too is that you could be part of an entrepreneur's group or ceo's group that or even mastermind group that allows you to connect in a professional way as well but yeah like i think ways.
0: i just been conscious of both those right i think people need both they need something totally non-related to what their thing is their highest and best uses and then to get into a mastermind group that augments exactly that for their interests. All right. I Where are we I- at? Where are we at with the, we, we have any more?
1: What are we more? up to? We're up to number five. <laughs> so number five is spiritual. We talked a little bit about meditation because that's a great uh, way to access kind of that spiritual self. For a lot of us, we belong to churches or synagogues and we know we can go into them, but many of them now offer services, you know, that are accessible virtually as well. Of course, it's also TV services, but that's another great stress reliever. I talk a lot with my clients about the difference between spirituality and religion, because like I grew up Catholic, so religion was religion. It wasn't until I got older where I realized that spirituality doesn't have to be religion, but it is a way of nurturing and acknowledging your inner self, which is important for managing stress.
0: Right. The dating app say spiritual, but not religious.
1: Exactly. And I think I mentioned the Chopra app already. I like them for that. I also like the Gaia channel and Kadampa.org was another one. And the last one I had, if you want to give, you want me to give you number six? Let's do it. So number six was really going old school and just remembering that if you are really having an issue with stress management. Therapy and coaching, two routes that are always there for you now that every, all the doctors are on Zoom, right? So you don't have to go into their office for those things either, which is fantastic if you don't, if you don't feel like traveling. And the big difference really between, I'll, I'll just mention it so your listeners are aware of it, but the big difference between therapy and coaching, therapy is typically dealing with past incidents that you're trying to work through that may be affecting you now. Whereas coaching, I'm sure probably all your listeners have coaches anyway, because they're so top notch, but coaching is working on uh, setting goals for the future. So it's more future driven.
0: Yeah, I know that's what my coach says. I'm like, don't you want to hear my context of why I am? She's like, I don't care. I don't care. We're <laughs> going to go past, present, future. We're just going to talk about the future. I'm like, All right. right. It's like
1: you had a therapist to work through your, your teenage years and stuff like that. Yeah.
0: And, and maybe another thing like the, the therapy, right? There's a lot of these apps that people can just sign up for. They can pay for the hour and just talk to somebody. They don't really yeah. need to create that long-term relationship. They can just try it out, see how it works and go from
1: there. Yeah. They, they do have apps now for therapy. I think that you can even text where you don't even have to make a phone call or do a Zoom that you could actually get text therapy because I am a, I'm mom to a 20 year old and the younger generation, my daughter doesn't pick up the phone. <laughs> she talks to text. So some people don't really want to talk.
0: Yeah. And and it's like the the younger generations, like people don't talk about it with all the, like the COVID stuff, but a lot of people are like, communi- more people are committing suicide, right? Lately. Yeah. I don't know what the, I don't know what the numbers are. Maybe like 20 to 30% more than average or something like that. Or
1: sounds heard... about right. Yeah. Yeah, no, isolation is a real issue. Like even when we look at some of the rioting and things that were taking place, I think a lot of that is also related not just to the political environment, but also to the fact that people are isolated and stressed out.
0: Yeah. And I think it's, I think when it's virtual like that, you don't have to go into an office. I think that's the big hang up is you need to go to your normal PCP, get a referral to this person, go through all that. Maybe the therapist on the app isn't as good. I don't know. But if that barrier to entry is a lot lower and you need it, give it a try. Even if I don't know, I'd probably say if you don't need it, maybe just see what it's all about. Just give it a try. It might be for you. Cause I know a lot of people in my network have used it for therapeutic reasons the app? Yeah. They mm-hmm. just wanted to just have somebody to talk to and just curiosity over the whole virtual therapist. It's not like they're cuckoo anymore, right? It's not a stigma, but some people still think it is. It's just unfortunate.
1: I know, it's funny. The first time I went to a therapist was uh, when I was married and it was like for marriage counseling. And I remember the building had in big letters on the outside, mental health. And I felt like I needed a wig and shades, like a scarf to put over my head to go in there because it was such a stigma in my mind. But now I like to think that we've come a long way since then and that people feel good about taking care of their mental health the same way that we've learned to feel good about taking care of our physical health. Because like we all know we need to exercise and drink water and eat well to take care of our bodies. And I think for our mental health, we need to learn the same thing, that there are certain things we need to do to just maintain our mental health.
0: Quick tips or tools you've seen lately that just have people try out to close things out? I
1: think I gave you guys most of the kind of online resources that I was thinking of. But I will say one thing that I think is extremely important is to have a mindset of gratitude. So for myself... I always wake up with this kind of gratitude mindset. I actually wrote an affirmation that I used to create my mind-blowing happiness self-care ebook. And you guys can access that on my website, but gratitude cures so many things. Like you, you can't be angry and grateful at the same time. It's really impossible. And uh, yeah, it's just a cure for a lot of things. So many times we think, especially as high achieving individuals, so many times we think about what's next, bigger. Better, faster, stronger. And taking that moment to be grateful for where you are is incredibly important. It flips everything around.
0: I used to do this really strange activity where I would write down, I would be happy when dot, dot, dot. And I would think of what I would want, like what kind of lifestyle I wanted, car I wanted, where I would be living, how would my daily activities be. And then I would do this exercise maybe every six months to a year and I realized that kept changing as I started Mm to mold my life to be more of that and then I after doing this for like maybe four to six years I started to realize that this damn thing keeps changing and this is like a constant moving cycle. Mm -hmm. Might as well just be happy with the, the journey and you hear about it so cliche but until you do this little This little uh, exercise on your own, which will take you four to six years, maybe if you're smarter than me, it'll take you one or two times of doing this every six months. Mm -hmm. Um, You start to realize that it's just a constant, constant battle or constant journey, depending
1: how you look at it. It's true. If you're not happy in the moment, you'll never be happy. It's just true. And when I was working as a financial advisor with my clients, sometimes we would say, what dollar amount do you need? You know, How many millions of dollars do you need to be happy or to have everything you need? And it's really hard to get that number because there's always something more. So yeah, you, you got it right, Lane. You gotta right. be happy on the journey. But
0: there's a balance there, right, folks? People nodding their head right now. You gotta make some money because the, the $10 and below wine really sucks. So you need to get a decent amount of money. So that's the challenge of life, right? Balancing the two. Um, you
1: do need money. It was shocking. We've had so many suicides among very wealthy people or drug overdoses among wealthy people. So yeah, the balance is definitely key.
0: Money's not everything, but it sure makes life a lot easier for some. Who
1: said I've been rich and I've been poor, but I like rich better.
0: Yeah, or I never liked cars, but then I got one and now I like cars. (laughs) Exactly. But yeah, thanks for um, joining us, Trish. Again, you guys can uh, read more of her content at mindblowinghappiness.com. And if you guys want to make me more happier, go ahead and book that intro onboarding call. If we have never connected yet, go to simplepassatcashflow.com contact. That makes me feel really special that I can help people out in the world. That'll be my release. Make me happy. All right. See you guys. Bye. Thank you. This website offers very general information concerning real estate for investment purposes. Every investor situation is unique. Always seek the services of licensed third-party appraisers and inspectors to verify the value and condition of any property you intend to purchase. Use the services of professional title and escrow companies and licensed tax, investment, and or legal advisor before relying on any information contained herein. Information is not guaranteed as in every investment there is risk. The content found here is just my opinion and things change and I reserve the right to change my mind. Above all else, do your own analysis and think for yourself because in the end, you are the only person who is going to look out for your best interests.